Welcome to the Defender Bible Study, a weekly encouragement to equip the body of Christ through the study of Scripture and prayer to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children around the world. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, where we believe that defending the fatherless begins by being rooted in God's Word. Good morning. It's Monday, May 17th, and this is Blake Wilson, Lifeline's Vice President of Operations, and I'm excited just to continue our study in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We're actually right on the tail end of this, and we're going to be wrapping up 1 Thessalonians next week um, with a few verses. So today we're going to be focusing on verses 12 through 22, 22, so 12 through 22 in the book of 1 Thessalonians. And this is really... Paul's, um, what I would just summarize, almost as a checklist of encouragement for new believers. It's kind of like a parent sending their child off to college for the first time or, you know, maybe um, uh, dropping off a child at, at school for the first day of kindergarten and just trying to make sure that they have all the resources they need to be effective. You know, did you get your water bottle? Did you get your book? Did you pack your lunch? Did you forget to, you know, did you bring your gym clothes? Did you tie your shoes? Like it's all of these little reminders, almost from a fatherly standpoint, just saying, did you do this? Don't forget to do this. And, and for context, let's not forget that this church was brand new. I mean, this church had just launched. Um, the believers were young. They were still learning. They were just super passionate, but really didn't know a whole lot about anything. And what Paul is doing in this passage is just reminding them of, of kind of what the Scripture says. He's wrapping up this, this letter, and he's throwing out all these things. Remember this, remember this, remember this. And really, in summarization, he's saying, be an example in your community that you have been transformed by the gospel. Let the people around you in Thessalonica know that you're different. Let them know that you have been transformed by the gospel, and you can do that through these things. So these 10 verses are just in the context of almost a checklist of these are the characteristics that you should display that will attract people to the gospel. So these characteristics are something to keep in mind, and really it's broken down into three ways. So it's 10 verses, and we're going to break down those 10 verses today in three segments. And really, it's how we treat our leaders, how we treat each other, and then how we treat God. What is our relationship like with God? So when we say, are we being an example in our community that we have been transformed by the gospel, is that transformation evident in the way we interact with leaders? Is it evident in our community and relationship with one another? And is that transformation evident as we interact and how we build our relationship with our Heavenly Father? So in verse 12, he says, We ask you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and who are over you in the Lord and admonish you. And esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. So he's saying you need to respect and recognize our godly leaders. He's reminding this young church, respect and recognize those godly leaders. Now, and I think, you know, how do you do that? It's very easy. I think sometimes we make it more complicated, but it's for us now, it's, it's simple. It's just letting them know that you're praying for them. It's keeping them encouraged. It's letting them know that you're thankful for what they're doing, for their investment in your life, in your family's life. You know, send them a card, send them an email. Just personally thank them. After they share, let them know that the words that they delivered from the Lord have impacted you, that you learned something new, that you were challenged. It's those little things that I think 
Paul is saying here to this young church is just saying, respect those leaders um, as, as they caution you and as they warn you. He's like, thank them, love them, be grateful that they are there to guide you along this path. As you grow in your relationship with the Lord, be grateful for those leaders. And I think one of the great characteristics that, that Paul points out in verse number 12, he says, respect those who labor among you. I think leaders work with their people. Leaders don't just give instructions. They don't only delegate. They get in there. They get their hands dirty. They're working among their people. They are working with their colleagues. So a leader works with others, but they also also admonish um, others, which means to caution or to warn or to guide. So they're trying to keep them along along that path. And when this happens, we are to, to love them. But, but I love the way he slips this in at the very end of verse number 13. He says, be at peace among yourselves. So he's like, be, esteem them very highly in love because of their work. So be, so be thankful and love on those, those leaders. And then be at peace among yourselves. So it's those that, you know, that, that little sentence of five words right there that is very easily overlooked. That is... Easier said than done, right? Because we get so selfish and we want to focus on certain things. But at the end of the day, sometimes those things get in the way of the um, the successfulness um, or maybe, maybe more the fluidity of the gospel moving forward. You know, it doesn't rely on us, but we can certainly be a hindrance in the movement of the gospel. We can be a, we can be a hindrance and a distraction of taking our leader's focus off of preaching the word to deal with counseling um, members of the church or other people, uh, other followers um, to, to navigate arguments, right? To, to navigate ridiculous things, bickering that is just unnecessary. So he's saying, young church, be at peace among yourselves. Don't get distracted. Don't bicker. Don't fight. Ad- admonish your leader. Thank, thank the leader. And one of the greatest things you can do to that leader is just to not fight. Just be at peace. Live at peace. So the first section is what he's talking about from the leadership standpoint. He's saying, display to your community around you that you are a faith follower, that you're a Christ follower because of the way that you treat your leaders. Second, it's talking about the way you treat one another. You know, the gospel community will will reflect a godly lifestyle. He says in verse 14, And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. See that no one repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. Rejoice always. Guys, we are to, we are to work hard. This is we are in verse number 14. He says, admonish the idle. Admonish idols. So, guys, isn't it easy sometimes for us just to become idle? For us just to become content in doing, doing the, um, the least amount of work. Like, just what is it going to take just for us to stay, um, you know, mediocre? For us just to get enough done. Paul saying, admonish those who are idle. Spur them, spur them along. Keep them encouraged. You know, don't don't let somebody just um, be content with doing the bare minimum encourage them to, to stay strong. He says, encourage the faint-hearted and help the weak. Be patient with them all. You know, when I think when I read those, those three statements, I'm reminded of the importance of just slowing down and investing in other people. 
Encourage the faint-hearted. Help the weak. Be patient with them all. You know, and when we're working with or, or counseling somebody who is faint of heart or who is just weak, you know, you cannot be as direct. You can't be as strong. You have to just slow down. You have to be more passive. You have to do more listening and understanding in order to guide guide the conversation. I can think of even my own children and the difference in their personalities. I can be a lot more direct with one child and the other child. I have to be very timid, very kind, very cautious with my word choice. Even in my tone, the way that I correct has to be different because we are all created uniquely. But this isn't to say that something's wrong with the faint-hearted or that um, something's wrong with the weak. The, the scripture tells us, and we've studied this over and over again, of us each and every one being created in the image of the Father. Our All of our personalities are different. All of our makeup is completely different. We're all shaped in His image uniquely. So those who are faint of heart and those who are weak, the Bible tells us just to be patient with them, to encourage them, and to slow down and be an intentional in, in our investment um, and then in 15, he says, see that no one repays, repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good for everyone and rejoice always. Because we have to be joyful in those tough times. Um, be surrounded um, by people who are joyful, who have, you know, who ask the question, well, why are you so happy? And your response can easily be, I'm joyful because of the Lord. I'm joyful because I have hope in the gospel. And this is what he is reminding this church. And so he's saying in your relationship with one another, be an example of what the Lord has called you to do. So first he says, um, do this with the way that you um, interact with your leaders. So be that example of a community that has been transformed by the gospel through your interactions with your leaders be that example of a community that has been transformed by the gospel in your interactions with one another. And then lastly, he's saying, be an example of that community in the way you interact with your heavenly father, in the in your fear of the Lord. And he says this in, in verses 17 through 22. He's talking directly to them in the way they speak to God, in their relationship with God. Paul says, pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Don't quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good and abstain from every form of evil. You know, this is this is that to me that that fatherly checklist. You know, I'm wrapping up my letter, I'm recapping everything to you. Guys, don't forget to to talk to talk to the Father. Don't forget to thank him for what he's done. You know, listen to his leading, receive his word from those who speak it. Hold on to what is good. Remember the truth of the scripture, run away from evil. He's just rapid fire in these five verses. Don't forget to do this. Don't forget to do this. Remember this, remember this. Okay, I gotta go. You know, so he's saying, pray without ceasing. Talk to the Lord, build the relationship with the Lord. Don't get so caught up in what's going on around you that you forget that most important relationship. And that is your relationship with the Heavenly Father. He says, give thanks in all circumstances. It's not necessarily thanks for everything that's happening, right? It's not necessarily thanks for all circumstances. He give thanks in all circumstances. Guys, we're all going to face hardships. We're all going to be faced with difficult decisions um, and, and things that just feel daunting and things that feel overwhelming. 
But I think that's where we rest as believers is to know that we have the hope of the gospel, that we have a heavenly father who listens to us and that in all things we trust that he is working for our good. Though we don't understand it, though it's difficult, though we whine and complain and kick and scream, the scripture tells us to give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God. This is this is his will for our lives that he is molding us and shaping us into who he wants us to be, though it may seem difficult on the forefront. And he says, don't quench the spirit and don't despise prophecies. Guys, listen to his leading. Receive the word from those who speak into your lives. He's telling this young church, don't quench the spirit. Listen to those who are speaking truth into you. Be obedient to the spirit's calling. And when somebody speaks, um, listen. Don't just assume that it's not for you, that that message isn't directly to you. Take its application, apply it to you in your family, in your walk, and how can you be, be obedient in growing? And then he reminds them in 21, and I think we've seen this over and over again as well in First Thessalonians, test everything and hold fast to what is good. He's saying, don't fall into the temptation of these false teachings. You're going to be surrounded by people that are not speaking truth. You're going to be surrounded by people who are false teachers, but test everything through the lens of the scripture. Again, slow down, look at the word, have a right, hide that word in your heart, memorize that word. So when somebody speaks, you know a false teacher when you see a false teacher, that you're able to dive into the word, recount um, the words from the scripture and apply them to your lives. So test it all and hold fast to what is good and abstain from every form of evil. Run from evil. Don't give in. Um, to the temptations that are surrounding you, and, and in a sense, he's saying it's not going to be it's not going to be easy. Let's run away from those things that are evil, and hold fast to what is good. You know, there's a there's another passage that I won't read today, just for for sake of time. But in Luke 18, I challenge you guys to go back and read Luke 18 1 through eight. And this is just the story of the the persistent widow. But what what Jesus is saying here in the book of Luke is just you know. You, you have this leader and this this judge in this passage who is saying, you know, I don't even I don't even believe in God and I'm really not a very good person. But just because this persistent widow keeps coming back, I'm going to grant her what she wants it's just so she'll be quiet. And God is saying, how much greater am I as your creator, as your loving heavenly father, that when you pray without ceasing, that I'm going to listen. He's like, I, I'm so much, I'm so much greater. I'm your loving heavenly father. So when you pray, when you when you lay your request before me, I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to, to answer the prayers of that persistent widow. And I think for us, we have to remember those times in our life when we um, maybe just get weary. We get tired of of praying for the same thing over and over. And sometimes it's it's easy for us just to give up. But in a sense, the Lord is just saying, wait, wait. You know, and when he does answer that prayer, or when we do get closure on that prayer, that we know it was his will. There's so many things now just in my walk with the Lord when I look back and I say, this was the Lord's plan. This is the Lord's goodness. And even though I didn't like the answer in that moment, I now am so thankful and grateful that this is the Lord, that his will was evident and that it was good. And I think that's where we where we need to find rest is 
pray without ceasing and trust that everything is from him and his timing is perfect. So as we pray without ceasing, guys, I just want to wrap up our time today praying for the country of Uganda. This has been such an instrumental piece of our ministry for so many years. And as we pray today, we're going to pray for the government and just for our dear brother, Pastor Raphael, who is there um, doing such a tremendous job and work of the spirit there in Uganda. And, and we're just grateful for his heart, for the, the strength of that church and how they're impacting the community. And we just want to pray for that work. We want to pray for the orphanages and just adoptions around that country. Just pray for those relationships um, there in country um, with those directors as we see incredible opportunities um, to invest in those um, caregivers. And then um, also just as we plan to continue to grow with our partners there on the ground. So as we close out today, let's pray for the country of Uganda. God, we are so thankful um, for your word, and we're thankful for this 10 short verses that we were able to dive into today, that we were able to look at these scriptures and apply them to our lives. Lord, may we not just look at these verses as as a checklist, but God, may we dive in and evaluate each and every one um, and how we are um, just challenged by your word and God, how... Um, Lord, you give us the instructions that we need to follow you. God, so may we have a willing spirit and an obedient spirit. Um, Lord, to, to pray without ceasing. God, to admonish the, the idol, to not repay evil for evil. God, to rejoice, rejoice always and be thankful for our leaders. God, so many things. May we just um, slow down this week and apply those things as given the opportunity. God, we pray for the country of Uganda. We pray for the government there um, that has just instituted a recent a travel ban there. Um, just so many different things um, that may be what we appear to be roadblocks um, for our ministry, but God, they're not roadblocks for you. God, we know that you have put um, disciples on the ground. God, that they're Ugandan churches like King Jesus Church. And God, um, Pastor Raphael, who can invest in the lives of those in that in that country. So God, we pray for churches like this to be intentional. God, for them to take your truth to the streets. Lord, may they look at this list from First Thessalonians as well. And Lord, may, may they make the most of every opportunity to share the hope of who you are. God, we pray for these orphanages um, and these directors. Lord, may, may we see trip, uh, additional opportunity to invest in these, op- in, in these orphanage, Father. God, may you um, give us the tools that we need and the creativity that we need um, to invest, though we're not able to be there on the ground. God, may we um, encourage local churches to do this work as they are there and can, and seek um, to care for these children and um, hurting around that country. God, we also just pray for our partners there, for Pastor Raphael and um, his wife, just for protection and for rest and wisdom as they serve their community. God, we pray for um, these children at the school for the deaf and the blind as they return to classes. Or even Pastor Raphael's children as they go to school um, and, and find a new normal. God, may there just be 
um, older students transformed as they attend these life skills schools and prepare just to transition into adult, adulthood. Got so many opportunities to further the gospel around this country of Uganda. And Lord, we're thankful for the partnership that we have had. Thanks again for joining us for the Defender Bible Study. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Bible Study to make it easier for more people to find. For more resources and information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, please visit us at lifelinechild.org. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. We look forward to seeing you again next week for the Defender Bible Study.